Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Buongiorno, this is Marcy Darling, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcast Network. Pantheon Podcast presents, from Hollywood, California, The Devil's Music with Pleasant Gaiman. You are invited to join the Hollywood princess as she explores her lifelong pursuits in the occult, sex, love, and that sinful rock and roll. Ladies and gentlemen, step into the dark parlor of Pleasant Gaiman as she brings you The Devil's Music. Hi, I'm Pleasant Gaiman, and welcome to The Devil's Music a Pantheon podcast. As the devil himself apparently once said via the Rolling Stones, please allow me to introduce myself. I'm a rock and roll witch from Hollywood, California. My obsession with music and the occult started at the age of 12 and is still going strong. During the 70s, I was one of the first punks in Los Angeles. I worked at the Whiskey A Go-Go and had a Xerox fanzine called Lobotomy, which led me to writing a rock and roll gossip column in the LA Weekly, which in turn led me to writing for every major rock publication you could think of. In the 80s through the 90s, I fronted three bands. I'm a best-selling author with eight books out and more on the way. For the past 30 years, I've been a professional dancer who's toured around the globe teaching and performing, and you've probably seen me dancing in a number of music videos, feature films, and documentaries. I'm also an actor with several film credits. Find out more about me at PleasantGaiman.com. I'm really excited to be a part of the Pantheon podcast network of rock and roll shows. Everyone at Pantheon tells spectacular stories about the music we love so much, each one with a different twist. Find them all at PantheonPodcast.com, as well as on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio.com, Pandora, hell, I just had to say that, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. If you like what we're doing here, head on over to PantheonPodcast.com and share a show with a friend, or I'll put a spell on you. Kidding.
Hello, all you guys in podcast land. Welcome to The Devil's Music. Today for episode 35, my guest is Aero DeWild. She's the amazing lead singer of Starcrawler. She's, she's just a, she's a phenomenon. I've been obsessed with her for ages. She's, she, she, she not only has like a fantastic timeless thing. She could be, she could be, um, a seventies glam rock star. She could be like a sort of witchy hippie adjacent with a touch of horror kind of, um, seventies girl singer. She's contemporary. She's timeless. She's got a wild stage persona and, um, she's really fascinating. So today we're going to, we're going to get to know all the different parts of her and maybe some you never dreamed of. (laughs) Hey, Errol, how are you doing? Hey, what's up? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. We're sitting here and it's really hot in LA and we're, we both look like skank hags. So you're really happy that you're, you're not seeing any video on this recording. But, um, yeah. I got to say with, with, um, with, I, you know, I'm someone that's got a, uh, an unusual name and your name, oh. when I first heard it, I felt like you could be like a hero in a Robin Hood novel or something. <laughs> I fucking love your name. Thank you. It is my real name. Yeah, I know. Mine is too. And nobody believes me. So, yeah. I know. And I your, know. your mom, uh, your mom's name is Autumn, right? Yeah. That was, mm-hmm. I, don't know, I don't know how old she is, but she's probably not as old as me. But um, even so, that's a, that's a semi unusual name. And, and that's your real, that's yeah. your real last name too, right? Yeah, DeWild, yeah. It's a Dutch name. Like, if you go over there, like, it's honestly so common. It's weird. But they say yeah. DeWilder. And DeWilder. Yeah, DeWilder. And then in Germany, they say DeWilder. And I think that's not... I, I feel like Carol DeVille when I go there, because they're like, Errol DeWilder. I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so sick. <laughs> I know that's like um, when I went when I would go to Egypt um, all the time for belly dancing. They don't have a p consonant in Arabic, so mm-hmm. um, I would just use like the loose translation of my name, which is um, Farhana, which means pleasant or happy girl. But I always liked it because it sounded like I had a real girl's name and not a word. Um, yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. But anyhow, um, so. I was obsessed with you for ages, like just oh, because nice. you, you have such a great, unique and wild stage presence. And I love your voice. Um, Thanks. You guys started like around two, um, 2015, right? Starcrawler did. Yeah. And was yeah, it your first band? Um, it was my second. I mean, it was my first like real band. Like I had a band with some of my friends in like ninth grade but it was more just like I don't know kind of for fun and then like we only played like a couple of shows but then that kind of made me realize that I actually really liked it you know what I mean like because when we started that we were just kind of like yeah you know I didn't I didn't know that I wanted to like do music or anything and then um and then just doing it for fun kind of made me realize like oh wait this would be a cool career to have <laughs> Yeah, I know. And it's, it's actually, it's, um, 
it's a great career that you have. All your stuff is so, so interesting, really. Like, um, like I said, I just like it because the, the whole aesthetic of you and the band is just like, it's super rock and roll. And sometimes it's really dark and it just references a lot of stuff, but it seems like really like so original to me. Like, you know, when you see bands that are like, sort of, you, you can tell exactly like who, who, who their influences were. Like I kind of, <laughs> I, I could see like a ton of your influences, but there was so many, it just made me think that that was what you'd absorbed as a person, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. Not like you're totally. trying to sing like someone or, you know, yeah. What I mean? yeah. yeah. Um, so do you like, yeah, that, that's what I try hope to achieve. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say like, that's what I try to, you know, I hope people do, you know, see that because there isn't really one like, you know, what, what, would, what would you call it? I don't know, musician or whatever icon or something that I like. I feel like some people just want to be them. And I'm like, yeah. you know, it's already been done. Like there, they existed. You're never going to be like a better them. You know what I mean? It just gets too costumey. So I hope people can see that, you know, like I'm not, I don't take from one specific person, you know, I think that's weird. Like, I think it's cool to have a range of different artists that you're inspired by that, you know, do like totally different styles of, I don't know, music or art or whatever. It's cool to take influence from all that shit and make it like into your own new category. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. I mean, I used to, yeah. I used to get, I still get influenced. I get influenced from looking at like vintage photos and I mean, vintage, vintage, mm -hmm. like a million years yeah. ago or listening to like music from all different eras. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of music sucks now. And then I, I'm always yeah. having a battle with like, am I old? And, and then, and then I come to the conclusion, <laughs> yeah, I'm old, but this, this shit blows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess I can agree to that because I don't really listen to much new music. So. I know. It, some of it <laughs> annoys me. It sounds so like auto-tuned or whatever that like fucking like yeah. hate, like fake hip hop thing where it's like just one line repeated over and over with yeah. on it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. In some ways to me, that's like worse than the Carpenters. Like, <laughs> at least they seem like they were being their most authentic selves. I'm saying that right. in huge quotes. <laughs> yeah, true. But um, your your dad was in Beachwood Sparks and I think some other bands, right? Yeah, he was in Beachwood Sparks and the Lilies, which was the band before that. And, and um, Inks, Han and Feedy, and after that father misty i mean he's been in like a lot of bands but those are like the main main squeezes <laughs> so was that like was there was was there like did you go to their gigs when you were younger or was it yeah yeah uh, my mom wouldn't let me go on tour but he wanted to bring me but she was smart enough to not <laughs> not let me but i wanted to go so bad but i would <laughs> i would i would go like you know to all whatever show he's playing in la you know, I'd, I'd go to that. So I grew up just kind of being like on side stages and stuff. 
Yeah, that's cool. That was like, like I grew up in the theater like that, you know, and like backstage at shows my mom was doing and hanging out in the costume room and just watching like dancers and actors and stuff like that all the time. Um, so you grew up in, in Silver Lake, yes? Uh, yeah, I grew up in Echo Park. I mean, I guess same, same dish, but that's where I lived from when I was a baby until like 16. And then um, when, what did you, did you just always want to be an artist? Um, yeah, I, I, I knew that, you know, whatever I was going to do later in life was going to be creative, but I just didn't know what that was for, I honestly didn't think about it that much, but I, I never had any interest in any academics or any sports or anything. So yeah, like, you know, but I don't know. I thought for a minute that I wanted to be like a visual artist. Like I wanted to like be a painter and like a photographer or something like that. Cause I went to high school for that. And then it's like, I don't know. It's fun to do. Like for me, it's fun to do when I want to, but like when it becomes like a job, it makes it not fun. Like, I don't know. It takes kind of the point away for me from like making art. Um, so then, but then music was something I was like, Oh, I could actually see myself doing this as a career because, you know, you write songs, you like record them and then you like play and you go on tour. And it's like, to me, a totally different thing than just kind of like sitting in your apartment, like crouching over a piece of paper, like, you know, like <laughs> for like hours on end. Like, I mean, it's amazing that people can do that, but I don't know. For me, it's like, it's, I don't know. I didn't, I couldn't really see myself like making money off of it too. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I always thought that like touring when my bands were touring a lot or like pre pandemic, when I was touring a lot for dance, I always felt like it was, um, well, first of all, it was an amazing way to see the world. (laughs) Um, but also it was really fun. I liked all the, you know, the people we met, like mm-hmm. I met in very, you know, in different countries and different states. And so it was kind of like being a tourist where you got to meet other people and do something that you loved really a lot. And then, but yeah. when I came back to LA, um, a couple of years before the pandemic, you know, I thought I was just going to take some some time off because I'd been on the road like pretty much nonstop since the eighties. And Mm. then I wound up getting even more, more busy than I was when I was on the road, you know, like Mm. I don't, I started a bunch of things and a lot of it was stuff that I was doing myself. So I Mm. was kind of like this alone in my house, like doing shit. But then if I, if it ever felt like it was, it, it almost never felt like work. I mean, sometimes it did if I had deadlines, you know, but then like this is so so cool I can just make a living like writing shit and drawing shit and like dancing yeah (laughs) I've got that um September LA allergy old man on the Sopranos kind of thing going on right now (laughs) (laughs) um so anyway when you go when you go on stage do you feel like you're ever in an altered state yeah definitely you know I get you know, I'm so nervous and like before every show, even if there's like five people there, like, and it's like at a, a pub or something, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter. Like I'm, 
honestly, those ones sometimes I'm nervous for more because you don't have a crowd to feed off of. So you're just like performing for like, I don't know, a couple, I don't know, but yeah, like I, I, I get so like the whole day before a show, usually I feel like sick. I can, I can only eat like rice and like veggies and stuff or I'll like throw it up. Like, it's just like my stomach is like a knot. And then once I get on stage it all like releases, but I have so much adrenaline. Cause like my body's just been like, like, I don't know, like saving it or something. It's weird. It's like a weird, I don't know. It's like a mental thing, I think, but it, it, it's weird. So then when I get on stage, I have so much fucking adrenaline and I almost feel like I'm like a whole other person or something. It's like, it's like, a, I don't know. It sounds cheesy. Like I hate kind of, I kind of hate when people talk about, Oh, like you're on stage, boo. You know what I mean? It's so like classic like VH1 behind the music vibes, but like, <laughs> but like when it's true though, you know, like it is like, it's, it's hard to not talk about it without sounding corny, but it's true. It's like, I feel like, like the old era was like out the window. Like I'm like, I like switched bodies or something like freaky Friday. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, th- I feel like that too. Like sometimes, <laughs> sometimes when it, like, sometimes when I'm on, like, well, a lot of times when I'm on stage, I don't even remember what happened, you know? And then I look mm-hmm. at like a video yeah, no, later. later. And, and you're like, how the fuck yeah, did me it too. do that? Or like, I know. Yeah. I don't remember but, most of what ha- I remember certain things um, that, like, you know, certain things will stand out to me. But, like, for the most part, that, yeah, I don't remember. It's weird. What's like the wildest um, show or shows that you've played? Okay. The first one, I've said this in like every interview, and this is asked, but it's only because it's still. It's still at the top for me. Like I still haven't, we still haven't had a wilder experience. We played Nagoya in Japan and going there. Everyone told me that they're they're The crowds are very like reserved and they kind of like just stand there and like, and like smile and stuff. But that was not true for us. Like, like at all, like every city in Japan, they go crazy. Like the, the biggest like pits I've experienced, like, it's awesome and we played Nagoya which is this really small like kind of like I think it's like a factory town or something I don't know it's like very working class like everyone there like the other the other shows like a lot of kids but that one it was like all these like guys in like their like business suits like there's like people like briefcases and stuff but no way no way no no I'm not joking. I'm not lying to you. I'm, I swear it sounds like I'm lying, but we played this tiny club, like little dingy club. And it was so much fun. Like, um, it was packed like to the brim, like, like they, they, you know what I mean? Like they were just all like this and they were going ape shit. Like they were like, like, like coming on the stage and touching us and like, like that, like there was a small, one guy that stood out to me in particular because he was like bashing his head like onto the stage and like blood was like running down no. like, in his like business like unbuttoned like like ties undone like business like <laughs> outfit it was like a move and so cool and then like um i crowd surfed and they like, started spanking my ass like in america i don't know i would be like you know like 
I would probably like kick them or something back. But I was like, honestly, this is so sick. Like <laughs> I'm so into it. <laughs> I was just loving it. Like, I don't know. Like they just went wild. Cause I don't think people really play that, that, the uh, city that much. So I don't know. It was just felt like they're very, like so excited and grateful that, you know, they got to experience like, I don't know, a, you know, a, a touring band or whatever. Like, I don't know. It just, it was like, it was so sick. And then by the time I got off stage, the band was still playing. And that same guy was like going crazy, like, like, like bashing his head and like, like, like had blood, like running down his face. And then like an ambulance came and shit. What? <laughs> yeah, no, I swear. I swear. It sounds like I'm lying, but I'm no, not. I, it's, yeah. it's, it's <laughs> Totally, like in a business, just tie loose. Yeah, that's insane. Um, go ahead, say what you were gonna say because we're gonna take a break. Listen to some music in a second. Um, yeah, and then honestly, all those shows in Japan were like some of the wildest ones. Um, the other ones are more classically like wild, just like a lot of like really rad, like Tokyo's flood of rad, like punk and like goth kids with their hair like in spikes and stuff and like um and like I don't know it's so cool it's so cool I mean a mix of all ages but but Nagoya was the one that was craziest because it was mainly like like middle-aged like older like men and like women too but like that's what I remember is like mainly like a lot of (laughs) businessmen like like people that had gotten off work and you know, like some kids as well, but another one that was in LA at Echo Park Rising, uh, we played like seat quote unquote secret show or whatever. Like we announced it the day of, and we played at the Echo, Echo, yeah, the Echoplex. And, uh, it was awesome. It was just so much fun. I think it was like, we hadn't played LA in a while because we've been on the road. And so it was just like, all of our friends were there. And then plus just like, I don't know. It was like, sounds, there's no way to, for me to say this without sounding cocky, but it's also because Echo Park Rising, just like everyone goes and it's free, you know? But it was like the most crowded I'd seen the Echo Park, which felt really cool. It was like people were standing on the walls and like like on each other's shoulders. And so it felt like, it didn't feel like we were at the Echo. Like, it felt like, I don't know, it was so cool. And, and it was like a bunch of kids. Cause also a lot of shows that we play like have to be 21. It's just hard to get all these shows now. Um, there's not a lot of places left so it was cool because it was all ages and there was just so many kids up front like a huge pit and then I burst open like a pillow and like feathers went everywhere and it just looked like a giant snow globe and like it somehow like managed to get across the whole thing it was like one pillow but everyone was like like all sweaty and like just stuck like feathers were just stuck to everyone (laughs) like they were tarred and feathered (laughs) yeah it was so rad it was so fun and this this girl like went crazy and like was like biting our asses and then she like, took her top off and like like a crowd surf like topless I don't know it was so cool it felt like we were in like a different era like almost like you know it felt like I don't know like a real rock show <laughs> wow <laughs> wow okay let's take a little mm-hmm. musical break and we'll be right back with arrows okay. wild hello pantheon podcast listeners christian swain here to tell you more about my experience with raycon earbuds 
Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. So here, here we are again, Arrow the Wild and me. Um, tell everyone about your upcoming tour. Your, so, or maybe, maybe like while you're listening to this, you missed it. Um, but oh. if you did miss it, wait until um, you know, wait until Starcrawler comes to your town again because you definitely will not want to miss it. But go ahead, let's let's talk tour. Um, yeah. So. We go out with our friends band Surfport, um, which also like they're really rad, um, like punk band and been friends with them for a while. And uh we're doing kind of like a mini tour, uh just like West Coast, Southwest, couple Texas states, starting October nineteenth, starts in Sacramento and then we make our way down. We end in Austin at Levitation Fest. But um we were supposed to go out originally with this band red fang and uh it was gonna be like a month long tour um but but they 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 had to cancel it and we we were kind of like you know we haven't played a show yet and so we were just kind of like kind of just eager to play anything even if it was like one show or like three it doesn't matter like we just wanted to kind of do it you know so we were, we were able to save a couple of the same dates, like at the same venues from the Red Fang tour. And then other ones we had to scale down because most of those venues were like big theaters and stuff. But um, yeah, so, you know, and if anyone listening here, I don't know if anyone listening here, like had already bought tickets to the Red Fang tour, 
they have to be all refunded and rebought except for the LA date, which is October 21st at the Regent. That one you can keep the same ticket. It's good. So I just had to say that anyways. <laughs> what um like it, it it's gonna be kind of wild to tour like even though stuff is open now but um with uh you know like going through different places like different that have different like um safety rules for covid yeah well that was i was a little nervous because the tour we were supposed to go on was really long and we went you know through we did a lot of southern dates which i i love touring through the south and playing down there but you know right now it's covid's really really bad down there because you know people aren't whatever getting vaccinated we won't make it like fucking whatever get in that conversation but um so i was a little nervous that you know someone would end up testing positive and then the whole tour would get you know, cancel ever, you know, it would kind of, it would kind of suck more to be on the road and then the tour gets canceled. Cause then like, you know, you're excited and like everything's set up and blah, blah, blah. And then it's just like, yeah, disaster. But, and then also if, you know, someone were to test positive, I think like, every, I think everyone has to like quarantine in whatever city you're in. So yeah. it's like we're in like fucking Birmingham, Alabama, and then we just have to stay there for two weeks. Like, no offense to people in Birmingham, Alabama, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, like you're not, you're not in a, uh, I mean, even if you were in a good place, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like yeah. you know, it's, like, yeah. like because you couldn't really leave where you were. So, like, if you yeah. were, if you were in you like New to. York City or Hawaii or, you know, whatever, like you still would just be confined. So, well, yeah, it, yeah, it wouldn't matter. And you have to, we'd have to pay for, you know, a hotel for two weeks, which we wouldn't be able to get, we'd have to get like a shitty ass motel to like afford, you know, to do that for that long. Oh God. Yeah, I was just going to say that like a fast <laughs> motel in the middle yeah. of the <laughs> Like a total yeah. horror movie motel. <laughs> I mean, maybe that'd be kind of fun. Like we could like make a movie or something yeah that's what i was just gonna say you could make like a, a movie or a video or something <laughs> um tell everyone about the um the dc comics like dark knights thing how, how did that happen um so we got randomly approached by the producer who tyler bates who um he you know they they uh, just have him kind of like find all the bands and the artists that he thinks would be rad to be on it. And he hit us up and then we went over there and we, we did the song with him and then we really loved how it sounded. I love and that. Song. That song is so good. Thank you. And yeah, we really thought, you know, th the production quality was so high and we really liked working with him too. So we actually, are doing our next record with him. Oh, really? With Tyler Bates? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, did you guys, is that, is that the one that's going to be coming out or is that a new one after? Um, it's going to come out probably, probably some point next year, mm -hmm. like early next year, maybe. It's no, still on yet? No. And if okay. I did, I wouldn't say. <laughs> okay <laughs> but, but no that's the hardest part for me I like stress out over 
over the name record names. Oh my God. It's so hard. Our first album was literally just self-titled because we were like, well, fuck it. <laughs> well, it's, I, I always feel like it's kind of like naming a child or something like yeah. you, know, you want to get like the right, we're, we're even a pet. You just want to get the right name that goes with the personality and it's so hard. Um, so on that, on that shoot that you did, did oh. you, did you meet David Hasselhoff? Yeah. I mean, I mean, did you talk to him and stuff? Okay. I'm obsessed. Let, let's have a little break and then <laughs> I need to know every fucking thing about this. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, here we are back talking about um, the the Starcrawler um, DC Comics video um, starring um, not just Starcrawler but Danny Trejo and David Hasselhoff. Like, what what the fuck was um, what was he like? I need to know. He was so nice. I mean, so so Tyler Bates, who who uh, uh, produced that song and and is doing our next record is friends with David Hasselhoff. I don't remember how it's very random, but they're friends. And he actually voices Superman in the like comic thing that the soundtrack does. Yeah. Wow. He, he went from um, being lifeguard to a superhero. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I mean, he's a superhero. Um, but yeah. Uh, so then we were like, well, can you ask him if he can be in it? Because why the fuck not? That'd be cool. <laughs> um, and he was down, surprisingly down. I didn't think he'd be down. I don't know. Um, but he was. And he was super nice. I mean, he just came for his scene and then left. So it wasn't like we like chilled with him the whole time or anything. It was it was an overnight shoot. So um it was like and it was on my birthday, which was kind of fun. Um but yeah, he was super nice and like took photos with everyone and super easygoing and chill. Yeah. So speaking of your birthday, um, you're you're at Taurus, right? Mm-hmm. So um, do you know any anything else about your birth chart? Yeah, I'm um a Leo Moon, which is that figures. <laughs> yeah, which is why I like attention so much because like most Taurus like little bio things like I agree with a lot of it but then all the stuff about being liking to stay home and being ding and reading a book and I'm like no that's not me at all like I like like I don't know I feel like most horses are kind of like introvert but I feel like I I don't know I'm definitely an attention horn like yeah, yeah so I then, saw your birthday I was like this there's there's way more than Taurus <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then i'm capricorn rising oh that's like your that's like your your work ethic and stuff too yeah mm. um do you know anything else about it 
Um, I get confused with all the like Venus and all that stuff. Like, I don't really understand it, but, um, well, like Venus is, Venus is like, it's like love and the way, and, and, you know, money or commerce and the way you express yourself like to the world. When I found out that I had Venus in Aries, that made a lot of sense to me with my chaotic love life. (laughs) I have like an, an, an app I can like look, but it confuses me because all the dots and the lines, every, I'm not like, I'm like witchy in some ways, but I don't know. This shit kind of confuses me. No, astrology kind of confuses. I mean, <laughs> when I look at the charts, um, I mean, I feel like, like it's a beautiful mind, but I'm the person that doesn't understand that shit, you know, like it, it just looks oh. like, like a bunch of chaos to me. I um, think- I, I don't know if this is right, but I think my Venus is in Scorpio. Oh, that figures. That that is so that figures so much. I think that has a lot to do with your stage presence. Ah. Uh, Mars is Virgo. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what anybody means, but I have all the planets here. Whoa, what's Lilith? That sounds cool. Yeah, Lilith is um it's, it's a- like succubus or something. <laughs> yeah, the succubus, but it's a um I think I'm pretty sure it's a star that's that's in your chart. Um I I can't I can't remember what it stands for either cuz astrology is not I'm obsessed with astrology but it's not at all my forte. Yeah, it's it's a lot to like memorize and I'm always impressed when people just know I don't know, I'm like yeah, it's, it's kind of like almost like math in a way where I'm like what yeah. <laughs> that's that's what I say like too I I hate math like I love numerology yeah. but I hate math math just seems like like I get all frustrated you know but like I flunked math from like seventh grade onwards and the only way I got out of high school because this was before they changed the rules was because I had advanced placement art and English I mean I couldn't even fucking do long division I still can't <laughs> when, yeah when, I, I I tried to see if I could remember how to do it. And I was like, wait, what do I do? I forgot. Like who needs, who does this though? Like nobody. No, I know. Like, you don't even need to teach that. It just doesn't make sense. No, I mean, unless, unless you really want to become like a physicist or, or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, or if you're like Amish and like, you can't have like calculators or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay so that's funny that you said that because like um my last name is pennsylvania dutch and there was like mennonites Uh all on that side of the family but um math was like one of the only classes that i didn't consistently cut in high school because i really wanted to fucking understand it right and so i would go home and i would be laboring over like trying to do some long division or algebra thing and when i when i'd see algebra i'd be like why the fuck are you calling it X and Y? Why can't you just say yeah. like five and six? Like, why do we have to give it an alias here? You know, I didn't I know. understand that. I thought it was just a waste of time. But so, so I'd spend hours on, um, on like trying to do long division and then we'd pass in our homework and then the teacher would look at me and he'd say like, Miss Gaiman, would you mind telling me how you got it? And I'd look at the piece of paper and in my head, I'd be thinking like, what the fuck? I don't even know what's going on. How did this kind of make sense to me last <laughs> night? You know, because it, it seemed oh like, a bit. and so then, 
this was in the seventies, obviously. Um, <laughs> I could tell he thought I was really stupid, you know, like just uh-huh. dumb, stupid. Cause uh, I was really being genuine. Like in other classes, I would just be sarcastic or not talk, but this one, I really wanted to find out the process, but right. finally he just put his hands on his hips and he's like, I'm just going to ask you, um, if you don't know how to do long division, how are you going to survive as an adult? And I, and I looked at him, you know, and, and I didn't want to say, I know you think I'm really retarded here or dumb, but, you know, so I, I just said, well, I'll have a calculator. And he goes, what if you don't have a calculator? And I was like, oh, I'll have one. <laughs> if I can't do this now, what makes you think it's going to get any better? <laughs> But then um, my That's first so job, yeah, my first job was being ticket taker at the whiskey. And the second I had cash in my hand, I was like, boom. I was like, I know what this is. You know what I mean? Yeah. I could like figure it out immediately. And then I was like, maybe I don't need a calculator. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. yeah, that was great. Okay. So speaking of cash, um, this is going to sound so sick. I looked you up um, last night. Like I've never done this to other people, but I just thought this would be fun because someone sent one of these to me. Um, I just wanted you to know that on your on the internet, um, your net worth is one point five million dollars. <laughs> this is something that me and the band joke about on a daily basis. Because once we were like, "Do you think some like we?" I still don't really understand like what net worth totally means because I don't know, but like. We're like, do you think like someone like put our net worth on there? Like, what are our net worths? Like, what is it? Like, what does it mean? And then we looked it up and I was like, what? I was like, I have one. I was like, I have a million dollars. I was like, I'm so confused. And then like, it's like mine. I forget whose, but someone's is like, like 1 million. And then like someone else in the bands is like 4,000 or something. I forget. Oh my God. <laughs> Well, well like mine, we, is, mine is five million. So if we ever go out on a, on a girl date, I, I'm buying. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm worth five mil, baby. Just okay. So does net worth mean that that's how much money you have, or like that's how valuable you are? I don't think I mean? it's that's how valuable you are because it's definitely not covering <laughs> the rent for this apartment. <laughs> but also, everything on the internet is wrong. Like, you, there's these weird, like it'll say like. So obviously I've Googled myself, like everyone has, like, sorry, but, um, I did it. And there was like some weird bio thing that was like, Aaron Wild is like, it had like the wrong age, said I was 5'11", like that, like my wrong birthday. I'm like, how do they, why do they put this on the internet if it's not even right? It's so funny. <laughs> like, I don't care, but it's just like, yeah, and it has like the net worth and the, I don't know. It's so ridiculous. I know. Also, me and you are both like, quote, quote, possibly single. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I forgot. And then, and then my, mine shows that I've had, <laughs> quote, quote, relationships <laughs> like with like a bunch of people that I've known for like 45 years. And I mean, yes, we had a relationship, but not that kind of relationship. Yeah. You know, like like I had a quote, quote, relationship with Joan Jack so, or, like, <laughs> or a relationship so with like Kid Congo and Jeffrey Lee Pierce, you know? That's so funny. Yeah. I mean, that's cool. Mine, I think I remember it doesn't say anything about, it said that, yeah, it said I'm single, I think. And I was like, well, 
That's very easily single when I looked last night. So you're possibly single. <laughs> okay. Possibly. Speaking around looking for a side piece. No. <laughs> That's so funny. I know. I love those things. They're so fucking weird. Um so let's let's um let's have a little musical break and then we're gonna switch gears for a second. Welcome to LA. talk to you about uh have you had any supernatural experiences or any kind of weird synchronous i'm sure you have right okay so ghosts supernatural shit no offense if there's any ghosts in here like don't fuck with me but like they they scare me so fucking bad like it's like my biggest fear so i like sometimes i've felt energies in places and i like shut it out because i'm so terrified like even if it's a nice ghost, like it doesn't matter. Like the fact that it's a ghost, it's like, like my biggest fear. Like I love horror movies, but like ghost movies, I like honestly can't really watch a lot of the time. It's like, so it's so, I don't know why, but I have had, I had, okay. This sounds, this is like the lamest ghost experience. And I honestly, for some reason, wasn't scared. So maybe, maybe if it actually did happen, I would be surprisingly calm, but we play this venue in Philly called uh, oh shit, Johnny Brenda's. I want to say I don't remember something like that. I can't. I, I can't remember. But but uh, I went to the bathroom, and it's like an old kind of building, and the sinks are like you know you kind of have to like crank it to like turn it on. Yeah. And I was like looking. I was like doing my makeup or something in the mirror, and then the sink just went creep. It just like turned on. Like I just watched the like lever, like turn on. And then the, the sink was on and I was like, that's not supposed to happen. <laughs> and then I just like turned it off and I like went to the promoter and I was like, is this place haunted? Um, cause something weird kind of like happened in the bathroom. And she's like, Oh yeah. Like, that's so funny. You said that like, yeah, like actually there's like people, a lot of people say like when they play here that they see this little girl, like, I guess it was like a little girl, which means even worse. It's like the scariest type of ghost ever. A little girl ghost. I was I just going to say that. I was just yeah. going to say that. And she was like, yeah, like a lot of people say that they see her like, and, but usually she said, she said this, she said, usually she's pretty aggressive. So I guess if she turned the sink on for you, she must've liked you. Like she yeah. said that she said that some people have gone like, felt like pushed they've gotten like pushed by her like their drink will get like slapped out of their hand or something wow you know um i don't know if you know a lot about about spirits and stuff but that takes mm-hmm. so much energy to do that 
I know something bad must have happened. I feel bad. Yeah. Or she's probably been around for a really long time too. I know. Well, Philadelphia, I mean, it's so old and like all the buildings are old. Like it feels like old, like America. I love Philadelphia, but it definitely has a haunted vibe. Um, yeah. But that was like, because there's been other ghosts. Oh, actually. Okay. Wait, there's another time we stayed. There's this one tour that was literally like cursed. Like, like we had so that was like the same tour. We had like all these like ghost things happen. It was so fucking weird. And I ended up actually going to enchantments. So I don't know if you've been there, that witch store. Yeah. yeah I love enchantments yeah. in New York. And I, yeah. I, I love enchantments. And so I Hi, got like, a whole, Hi, I got like a whole, Oh <laughs> hey, what's up? I got like a whole cleansing kit from them and like a candle that they like made and stuff. And I did a whole thing and then we didn't have any more. Um, but before that, yeah, it, it started out in Kansas city. This feels like not my story to tell because my, uh, Henry who plays guitar, he had like the craziest ghost experience. Like it was on stage too. Like I'll just, I'll just tell it because I already yeah, like, you have started. to tell it. I was just yeah, going to tell it. That. Yeah. I have to tell it, but it sounds so fake. Like people aren't going to believe me. Um, but I believe him. Uh, so, okay. So we were playing, we we're playing Kansas city and it wasn't like, it was like a bar and they're like, there's people, but like not a lot of people. I mean, it, we had never played like that before, but, um, so we were on stage and like everything was fine. And then all of a sudden the guitar just like stops, but like all the lights on the pedals are on like him and like the sound guy, like can't figure out what's going on. They're plugging stuff in, unplugging stuff. I'm like trying to like, Oh God, it was the worst. I was just like, I'm not a talker on stage. And I was like, oh, I can't do like some bullshit, like, you know, story time shit. I hate that. So then I just started like hitting my head with the microphone. <laughs> Oh, and like so, the Japanese like, business guy? Where you're t- no, I'm yeah. just <laughs> Yeah, and then I just hit my head with the microphone. And then it was going on for so long. And people were starting to, like, yell stuff. And then um, and then it's, it started back. I, I just thought that it was, you know, like a chord issue. I honestly didn't think that much of it because that happens, like, before. That happens a lot. And, you know, I thought maybe he blew out something. I don't know. Um, and then afterwards... He comes after the show, he comes up to me and his like face is like pale. Like he looks like, I don't know, like sick or something. And he's like, and I was like, are you, are you good? Like (laughs) what's going on? And then he was like, he's like, you're not gonna, you're not gonna believe me. Like, like it sounds crazy. And I was like, what? And then he was like, okay. So when the guitar cut out, he's okay. I'm so bad at storytelling, but so basically when the guitar cut out, he said that, everything was still working. Like the lights were like still on and stuff. And then the guitar cut out and the, you know how like pedals have those little, little red lights on them. Yeah. Or it'll be blue or whatever. He said that all of a sudden they just started blinking simultaneously, like in a row, like bling, bling, bling. like that doesn't happen. Like they turn on when you fucking no, that's total go shit. That is yeah. go shit. And he was like freaking out. He didn't know what was what was going on. They were they he said he unplugged the pedal board and the lights were still on. Yep. So it's just not possible. And then okay, this is so ins- 
I might even be telling this. All right, this just sounds so fake, but it's not. So he, he, whatever, all of a sudden, everything comes back. He turns around at the amp and he sees himself like leaning against the amp, laughing at him. But like, him. like he sees himself. I yes. swear, like this is, that's not something you would make up. Like, you know, he's not that type of person. Like I fully believe in paranormal. So, you know, I believe it. But so then he told me that and I was like, what the fuck? I was like, that's, <laughs> I would have had an actual like heart attack if that happened. <laughs> that's like my worst nightmare. It's like that movie Us. I don't know if you've seen that movie, but it literally was like that. And then he said it happened for like, it was like a second. And then it went away and then went away. And then after, so then after that, we went up to the promoters and the owners of that bar and they were like, oh yeah. So this is really heavy information by the way, but they told us that that place is really haunted because it used to be a slave auction, like back way back in the day. Like that street is like one of the oldest streets in fucking America or some shit. I don't know. And the last battle of the civil war happened just down the street. And it was like the most, it was like the war with the, fuck, the battle was like some of the most casualties ever. So there's just like so many bodies, probably it's so sad, like under the street and stuff. So they said that like shit happens all the time. Like the walk down and, and, like a, a fucking keg will just fly across the room or sh- some shit. Like it's like really gnarly. Wow. And yeah. And, and that just that whole night ended up being like terrible. There was like, you know, I mean, it's Kansas city. So like there was just a lot of creeps at the show. It was just all around. Like we were like, why are we playing here? Just bad vibes. <laughs> I mean, rightfully so those ghosts have a total right to fuck with whoever they want. I would too, you know, but it was so dark. It was so dark. And then we found that out when we just packed up our shit and we left because we were like, that was not the, that was not the answer we thought. We were just thought they're gonna be like, oh yeah, it's super haunted, weird, blah, blah. But it was like, ended up being like the darkest fucking story possible. Wow. So that's why I refrained from telling that story because I was like, it's pretty gnarly. But then, so after that, I think something like kind of, attached or some attached onto us or something. Cause then every place we stayed the next night was in Omaha and fucking I was in bed. I couldn't sleep. And the tour manager was in his own room and couldn't sleep. And we didn't know that we were both awake. Like I thought everyone else was asleep and he did too. So we talked about it the next morning, but I, kept hearing people walking in the hallway. And so I thought someone was up, I got excited and I went out and then there was no one there. And I was like, and then I like got back in bed and I just laid there. And then there was like people walking on the ceiling and shit. And then I just forced myself to go to bed. And then the next morning I asked anyone else if they like, if they heard anything. And then the tour manager was like, yeah, I was like, I couldn't sleep. And he said that he heard someone, he heard um, someone call his name and he thought it was Henry and he went down and there was no one there. Like he heard someone say Pete. And it was like, yeah. So then, then I looked that up. I was like, well, we're in Omaha. We're just a fucks part of America basically. And like, you know, 
the area that we were in was like all like Indian reservations. So then we just, cause we keep saying Airbnbs. So there's just all these like haunted places. And then, and then, uh, we go to fucking, uh, what was the next? Place? Oh, and then in Detroit, this was like a few dates later. We're, we, we stay at this house and it has like the scariest vibe. Like it's such an old house. It's like Victorian or something. And it's really cool looking, but like really fucking scary. And none of us want to, there's like enough rooms for everyone to have their own room. And normally we'd be stoked, but none of us want to just leave alone because it was so fucked. <laughs> and there was this one room in particular that no one would walk in. Like for some reason, everyone collectively were like, can't go in that room. Like the energy was like so thick and the door would just open randomly like it would just like, like it was slanted. So it could have just been that, but it was still scary. Like that room had fucked vibes and we, so then we were like, but then also part of us were like, Oh, it'd be kind of fun to watch like a dumb horror movie right now. So we watched hostile and we were in the living room <laughs> <laughs> and we were watching it. And that movie's not even scary. Cause we're like, I don't know. Torture movies are more like I wouldn't have watched a ghost movie in that house, but like, it was like a, I don't know, Hostel so fucking stupid. So we watched Hostel and then it was me, Austin and, uh, Tim and Pete, uh, and it was basically everyone, but Henry, cause he's too afraid of horror movies. So we were watching it. And then all of a sudden we just hear footsteps, like creak, creak, like on the ceiling. And we all like look up like that's why I knew I knew it wasn't just in my head because everyone's head like looked up and then we like went to check if there's an attic. There's no attic. It was like a pointy roof. So yeah. It, and then after that, and then Phil, then the Philly thing happened. And then when we we're in New York, I was like, I didn't know any like, which I kept looking like for like occult shops, but I couldn't find, I don't know. We just weren't in the areas where there was, one nearby so I, I went to enchantments once we were in new york and didn't didn't happen after that but yeah shit was yeah. fucked um it's just a super haunted part of america though i feel like too like a bunch of really bad shit happened you know i mean everywhere but like that that part especially because it's just like it's just the oldest you know like the east coast and midwest and and stuff like that and I mean the South too, but we haven't toured the South as much, but yeah. Um, yeah, I was fucked. I feel like LA has its own haunted vibe. Um, I, I've, I've said this before, like, you know, probably on this show, but also in different things because LA was, you know, it was such a, a dream for so many people, especially when the movies started and, um, people would come out here and have such amazingly high hopes. And then of course they would all just get dashed or most of them would, or they would start getting the success they wanted, but there was other dark things going on. I feel like the hauntings in LA are just so different, you know, yeah. so, so more, I mean, it's, it's trauma, but it's, it's, well, there is actual physical trauma, like the black Dahlia or something, you know, yeah. trauma and crime, but um, there's such a, a weird vibe here that I think tourists... It's like a sadness. Yeah, 
like a sadness and a really dark, a dark thing too. Like LA is very noir, even though people think of it as all like sun and fun and stuff. No, Hollywood Boulevard is very haunted. I mean, all of Hollywood, like those, you know, and, um, but I I haven't had a lot in LA. Well, knock on wood. Ah, God. Um, but, but yeah, it feels more like when I have felt energies in like houses, I actually have been to that Frank Lloyd Wright house on Franklin. Oh yeah. 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 She was supposed to supposedly murdered in that basement. And I was there for a wedding. And then the guy that like owns a house or something like let us go into the basement and it didn't, I mean, that house has been remodeled so many times and there's so many people. It was kind of hard to like suss the vibe, but it, if anything, it felt more like a sad, you know, like touring in, you know, those parts of like colonial, like America, it feels like angry, you know, like it's like, it's like a deep, deep pain, you know, it's like, it's, it's kind of different. It's like a terrible, like cultural pain. Like you can feel people's anger, you know, more so. Where yeah, and it's, it's more like anger. it's been going on for, for yeah. ages and spirits are like, you know, have been feeling it for hundreds yeah. of years. Yeah. It makes me so sad, but you know, in LA it's like the times I have kind of felt energies in houses, it feels more just like they're just kind of stuck there or something, you know, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like my house is, is, it's really old. I mean, for LA, not for the rest of the country, but my house yeah, like, for LA, yeah. was built in 1911. And it's, it's just like fucking Grand Central Damn. Station. Like all the time. even, even weird stuff. Like my kitchen is kind of long because it used to be a sun porch. Oh. And at one point I was in here and I got really cold. So I knew there was a ghost, but my friend was like six feet away from me sitting at a desk. And we were both just like, you know, texting other people and working on stuff, you know? And, um, I heard his, his Zippo go. And then I smelled pipe smoke really strong. And I was like, are you, are you smoking a pipe now? And, and he, he looked at me and his, he had a, a lit, like lucky strike in his hand. And then I was like, I think there's a ghost in here. And he said, I don't feel anything. And then a second later, he was like, whoa, like that. And then yeah. it just, it just, it passed out through the front screen door. And then about an hour later, it came back. Um, he felt it first because it came, the spirit came in through the door that it went out. And he's like, um, I, th- I think that person's here again. And then I said, I don't feel it yet. And it was exactly the same, you know, sequence of stuff that me mm-hmm. and him had, had earlier, but it, it went the opposite way. And this was right before this was, it was actually probably around the time it is now, like late September, early October. So we had just got <laughs> gone to Walgreens and gotten two giant packages of candy corn because we're both sugar whores. And they were sitting on top of the microwave and, but, uh, and this plays into the story of like, we both at the same time said, if you're here, show us a sign. One of the candy corn packages levitated up in the air and then went no boom, and threw itself down. And we were just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And we immediately started <laughs> doing sage and candles. And I was like, you can yeah. stay here, but like, don't, don't do destructive things like that, please. <laughs> Dude. No, I know. That's so I, scary. I, 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 
I know it was, it was horrifying, especially because it was fucking candy corn. I mean, that was like, that was like a Michael Myers type. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, like, I don't know, like that, that was just, maybe it was just because it was sort of sitting between where we were sitting, but also, you know, it was, that was bizarre. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so scary. Um, my apartment complex is from like 19, 19, like 20 or like 1918 or something. Um, and please don't let me jinx this, but I haven't experienced anything. It's pretty like good vibes. Like it doesn't really feel like there's any knock on wood, please. What part of town town are you living in? I'm in uh, Los Feliz. Oh, okay. Um, I won't say my street name. No, no, no. Don't say the street name. But I was was just um, wondering because a lot lot of those apartments around there from like the... um, from the early twenties and all scattered through like Hollywood movies and stuff. A lot of them were like, you know, a lot of them were like, um, studio apartments. And I don't mean one room. I mean, they were like where they housed like contract players from the studios or people that came out there as movie hopefuls. And they're really cool architecturally, but I've, I've noticed that lots of them are, are just super haunted. Yeah. This one has pretty good vibes. The, the landladies um, really care about maintaining, like, every, like keeping it nice, but maintaining everything, like, original, like, how it was, which I really appreciate. Like, like the paint is, like, still the same, like, fucking paint job from, like, 1920s. Oh, it's, like, pink, but it's all, like, chipping and peeling, and I fucking love it. Like, most people now would, like, want to... Sometimes people will come, and they're like, this place needs a new paint job, and I'm like, you're leave like you don't understand i like i don't know i love living like an adam's family type of oh me too my 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 bathroom um when i saw the bathroom in this house it has those really old pink 1940s um yeah i love love that me too yeah ours um has these like blue like california poppy tiles that are the original tiles and then amazing i know yeah yeah and then um the architect who who did this place he he designed a a bunch of them at the time um in hollywood and since la like you can't have fireplaces you know or it's it's too hot to a lot of the time he loved how they looked so he put in like this like fake fireplace so it's like a it looks like a fireplace but it's just tile like there's no I don't know how to explain. Like, yeah, like it, just, it has a mantle and it has the whole setup, but there's nothing that you could burn something in and no flu, right? Yeah. No, yeah. It's just like a, it's like, yeah, it's just like, it goes in a little bit and then it's just like tile. It's like flat. And, and, um, and those tiles are original too. And they have like, uh, like great vines on it. Like they're all, all the, the fireplaces that he would do are like California themed. So ours is like, grapevines and then the apartment upstairs has like poppies or something or something like that or like oak leaves or something um so i don't know i'm so nerdy about old california and like la stuff like i i yeah i just love it so much yeah i'm totally obsessed with all that stuff too 
uh-huh. lots of, lots of old any like I would never in a million years live in a modern apartment. No. Even if it was like the nicest place, I don't know, like I would be so depressed. Like there's so ugly now like silver. I mean it's I sound, you know, I sound privileged forever. Like it's better than having no fucking house. But um, you know, if you get to choose like fucking yeah, like dude, there's like silver like stainless steel like boxes with like you know the big wind oh it's terrible and they like go ahead they they, like demolish the coolest fucking places to build that shit and it looks so cheap and ugly and then they mark it up so much money it's so insane you just said exactly what I was going to say. Like those, <laughs> big, like those big, like four to six apartment, like hipster boxes that yeah. just, and they have like some kind of like stupid rebar across the front that looks like eighties art director scrawl. Yeah. And down like a really amazing giant two story craftsman with a huge yard to make it. Fuck you. I know. I hate it so much. It, it pisses me off. I get so sad. And then the fucking in Echo Park now, I hate it so much because like all the houses that I grew up around are like these rad little bungalows, like little, like also like, I don't know, like forties bungalows yeah. um, now are painted gray or they're like demolished and the families that live there fucking who knows what happened to them. And I, I call them gentrification fences. It's like the like horizontal. I call them hipster fences. <laughs> I call them gentro fence. And they have like the, stainless steel like letters numbers i mean on oh god it's dreadful yeah they ruined, they ruined it i remember echo park like probably wh- when were you born 99 okay so so, so a I little was, bit before you were born and around yeah. then like echo park was it was so cool and wild compared to how it is now like you definitely yeah. felt like you were in LA but you could hear roosters crowing all mm-hmm. up and down like the canyon yeah. and there was That's little I, like yeah. handmade 20s boxes that you could like, yeah. you tell that they were handmade like someone had built that house yeah and they all had like weird back houses and they were you know because there was no zoning laws yeah then. um I grew up in a back house That's where I grew up in like this tiny little back house that was it was like a 20s little and all the windows have bars on them and I would wake up to a rooster every usually it's so funny you nailed it and um as I got older like I feel like when I moved there it was still I mean when my parents moved there it was still like kind of like old Echo Park and then Um, as I got like a little bit older, like very slowly, like one coffee shop. And then that was like the only coffee shop. And then there'd be like another one, like, you know, it was, it's a lot slower than I feel like, you know, like Venice kind of just, I feel like happened all of a sudden. It was just, whoosh, you know? Yeah. Okay. Abbott Tinney is now like, whatever. Oh, I know. (laughs) Yeah, it took a while for it. It took actually years for Silver Lake and Echo Park because those used, people don't believe that those used to be like you know what would be called I know slummy areas. But like I remember we used, in my band, the Screaming Sirens, in the um in the eighties, we'd practice at all of our different houses a lot to do acoustic rehearsals. You know because we couldn't afford like 
always being in a studio. And when we were, um, we were, when we were at our guitar player's house, which was a back house in Echo Park, um, like long blocks north of Sunset, there'd, uh-huh. there'd be like um, gangbangers running through the yard. <laughs> and then sometimes, uh-huh. sometimes someone would stop and say, nice music. But then we'd hear like gunshots, like a little, <laughs> it was crazy. So yeah, I woke up in Echo Park or maybe, maybe woke up isn't the term. It was like, I'd find myself at Echo Park. At, at like six in the morning back in the days when there was no Ubers and shit <laughs> being at an all night party. And, but that was always like a great, a great weird, weirdly rural, but like kind of yeah. LA place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's like kind of a bummer now because everything is so different. I mean, certain parts of it, like the more residential neighborhoods are still kind of cool and have that vibe but i don't know i don't know it's kind of all like a bummer for me now yeah um, like instead of little mom and pop hair salons or like little yeah. cute little old markets now there's like a hellish olive green pilates studio yeah. like pilates yeah. but you know yeah no totally <laughs> olive green like why is that such a thing it's so true yeah and and now it's like not even it's like big fucking like corporations or it's not even like hipster places anymore like it's crazy it's wild like in silver lake there's like a warby parker and like happy socks and like all the stupid mall bullshit doc martin store it's like it's so disgusting hate it and i think changing even more after the pandemic because lots of lots of those places well, everywhere, but especially in Silver Lake and Echo Park, I noticed it like stores that had been there for 40 or 50 years, like the, like the big surplus store or something, they're just all gone. Yeah, I know. The army surplus, dude. So I have tea on that because that whole block where it was army and so on Sunset, it was like army surplus. And then it was um, rag mop vintage and... Yeah that old dry cleaners or whatever that, that, that little block of stuff was, uh, the surplus people sold it to developers and didn't tell any of the other businesses. Ah. It was just like all of a sudden they got their like notices that they had to, you know, whatever leave or whatever. And so it was like super shady and that block, that, that fucking, that block, like those storefronts are so, old and cool they were like art deco like you know like old like buildings and they knocked it down completely and built this monstrosity oh it's so sad it makes me i can't even I, when i go on sunset i have to like, close my eyes <laughs> no i know i uh, there you know where there's some really good places in la for you or for anyone that um is listening if you like old architecture, still a lot of South LA is preserved and even Pico Boulevard, even though they're like yeah. Chinese, Chinese food or flower shops, yeah. such beautiful architecture. I, just I never... feel like a lot of downtown is getting destroyed now too. I mean, it was already oh, destroyed no. and crumbling, but there's a lot of new stuff going up down there, but we could go on about this for ages. I know I could literally talk about LA for so long. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I think we better um, we better like sort of come to a, a halt here. Otherwise, this is going to yeah. be a giant double episode. Not oh, yeah. that I want that, but 
Um, also, real quick, are you are you from LA or I I don't know I can't remember what. No, I was born in New York. And I oh yeah, that's right. On the East Coast, but I came out here in 1975, and I gotta say that that LA has changed more in the past five years, not even counting the pandemic, um, than it had mm-hmm. the whole time I've been here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on my dad's side. I'm like third generation LA because they're from like part of them is from like Altadena and and then other part is from like um, Highland Park and Cypress Park. Which are now both getting way gentrified. You know, it's so, it's so fucked. Highland Park, I can hardly even go there. I, I mean, I love to go there, but like when, like just the, I don't know. You see all these cool old businesses that were there for ages and then like all these new ones that kind of just made it the, the hellish like uh, woke vibe. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. Anyway, Booboo, um, got okay. anything to, to say to um, people in podcast land before we sign off? Um, no. Just don't, uh, don't oh. build a hipster fence wherever you live. Don't do it. Yeah, gentro- don't <laughs> don't gentro fence your shit. Sometimes I'll see a cool old house and it would be so cute, and then they put a fucking gentro fence. What is what is that fence doing? Someone, it's not like someone could not hop it. It's only like four feet fucking tall. It's like what is it? What's the point? Like, oh my god, I could go on for for how much those fences annoy me. But okay, anyways. <laughs> well, and I'll tell you one thing before we go. In El Sereno, which is, you know, kind of like mm-hmm. Highland Park adjacent, yeah. like those hipster fences for a while. I don't know if they still are, but they were a really good place for locals that had grown up there to spray paint, get out yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's a perfect canvas. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you guys, that was the amazing arrow de wild and as you could tell we could talk forever um go buy star crawlers albums if you're living in a weird haunted um southern <laughs> or midwest place go and see them play and um yeah. surround yourself with white lights <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <Don't> curse us. <laughs> yeah that was so nice to talk to you yeah you too okay bye 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 everybody see ya The Devil's Music is written and hosted by Pleasant Gaiman. Produced by Aaron Alden. All sound design by Jerry Danielson of Busy Signal Studios. And of course, is part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Find all of our shows at pantheonpodcasts.com. Our social presence is at Pantheon Podcasts on Facebook and Instagram. Tweet us 
at Pantheon Pods. All songs can be found wherever you get great music. Please pick up these important and fantastic tracks. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.